Today we're going to be in the 54th chapter of the book of Isaiah. If you want to go ahead and open your Bible there. We began this year uh, in Isaiah chapter 43 uh, with a promise from the Lord that I've just asked you to think about under the heading of expect something new because in that passage of scripture the Lord says behold I will do something new. First he says do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Will you not be aware of it? Now it will spring forth. I will even make rivers, a roadway in the wilderness, and rivers in the desert. Something new. Something based on God's activity. Something that only God can do. That's the promise that comes from God in his word. He should know that there's a reason for this promise. God's promises are never random. They all come with a context. They're all in a setting. And the setting of this promise, as it comes to God's people, is a setting of disappointment and hopelessness. They were not where they wanted to be. Uh, they were not what they wanted to be. And they were longing for God to do something uh, in their midst. So sometimes it, it seems to us if, if things just can't get any worse and if they're never going to get better. But in the 54th chapter of Isaiah, God speaks out of the shadows of the disappointment of his people. The whole book of Isaiah, the last section from chapter 40 through chapter 66 is God's announcement of something new that he's going to do, something that that only he can do. But I want to tell you today that one of the things that God does for his people, not only in the Old Testament, but to this very day, God speaks to our disappointment. God speaks in our disappointment. And God speaks beyond our disappointment. That ought to be good news to you today as you sit here, especially if you're sitting in the shadow of some disappointment. The fact that God is the one who can bring hope out of whatever disappointment that you might find yourself in. Such seasons of disappointment come into all our lives. But sometimes we discover that our personal disappointment becomes a divine appointment. It becomes an opportunity for God to do something in our lives. I know many of you watch the news, and when you watch the news, you grow discouraged. Uh, you grow discouraged over things happening in and around your life, even over local events. But you need to know that God never wrings his hands when he watches the news, nor does he want you to do so either. God doesn't want you to be bound by the shadow of some disappointment, past or present. Instead, he wants you to catch a vision of what he can do, even in your own personal disappointment. So the first thing that I want you to see out of this passage of Scripture in Isaiah 54, and I'm not going to read the verses to begin with. I'm going to come back and read them. I want to present to you a word picture of what this passage of Scripture opens up with. But first, you see an honest examination 
of this past season of disappointment. God looks at his people and he's speaking to his people collectively as if he was speaking to a church or if he was speaking to a family and he pictures them as a city that's been storm ravaged and he also pictures them as a woman who's sitting in the middle of her own disappointment. So you have this picture on the screen of that woman. That woman is you. That woman is your circumstances. That woman is your family. That woman is your church. And God is speaking to you in the middle of your disappointment. You know what kind of woman this was? The Bible tells us that she was a barren woman. She was a woman who never had a child. God is using this as an example. This is not a specific person he's talking about. This woman is just simply the picture of his people. Barren, childless, hopeless, desolate, lonely, sad, widowed. And because of circumstances, sometimes people enduring seasons of disappointment make bad decisions that they're ashamed of. And so this woman is also sitting in shame and disgraced. She's embarrassed because of her own personal circumstances. This is the picture of God's people as they stand in the shadow of their disappointment. And in the shadow of their disappointment, God is speaking to their disappointment. God is speaking in their disappointment. And God is speaking beyond their disappointment. Seasons of disappointment, seasons of barrenness, seasons of loneliness, seasons of hopelessness invade everybody's life. Sometimes it invades the life of a person individually, and that's where you are because of your circumstances, because as you look into the future, you don't you're not optimistic about your future and you're discouraged. That can be you. But seasons of hopelessness also invade the lives of families, seasons of disappointment. Families pass through difficult moments, difficult circumstances. That happens in everybody's family. But it also can happen to a church. A whole church collectively can find themselves standing in the shadow of some disappointment, not really understanding where God is or what God is doing. So in the doldrums of disappointment, God is speaking to these people. He's speaking to their disappointment. He's speaking in their disappointment. And he's speaking beyond their disappointment. The second thing that you need to see here very clearly is God was aware of their disappointment. God is also aware of your disappointment, whatever it is. Whatever the sadness that has come into your life, whatever overwhelms you, whatever has defeated you, whatever is discouraging you, whatever makes it seem hopeless as you look out into the future, God knows that. God doesn't need an email for him to know that. God doesn't need somebody to whisper it in his ear or even to raise a prayer. God knows exactly where you are. So this is the good news in this passage of Scripture as we open our Bible to the 54th chapter of Isaiah. Here's number three. These verses call for hopeful expectation in the redemptive activity of God. In other words, God is about to speak to his people sitting in the shadow of disappointment. 
And he's about to tell them, look, I know where you are. I know what you're facing. I know your personal circumstances. I know the circumstances of your family. I know the circumstances of your church. And I've got a word for you. We're going to pick up in verse 4 in just a moment. And verse 4 is where we're going to start reading. And it introduces us to the hero of the story. He's the hero of the lonely widow living in disappointment. He's the hero of the discouraged and the disappointed and the deserted. He's the hero of the hopeless soul, the helpless soul, and the hurting soul. He's the hero of those conquered by sin and caught in shame and crushed by sorrow and suffering and storms of various kinds. The hero of your story has to be God because no one else can turn it around. So listen to the words of these verses as God speaks to His people in the shadow of disappointment. Verse 4, Fear not, you will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid. There is no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth and the sorrows of your widowhood. For your creator will be your husband. The Lord of heaven's armies is his name. He is your redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of all the earth. For the Lord has called you back from your grief as though you were a young wife abandoned by her husband, says your God. For a brief moment I abandoned you, but with great compassion I will take you back. In a burst of anger I turned my face away for a little while, but with everlasting love I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer." Are you looking for a knight in shining armor to come to your rescue? Here he is. It is the God of the Bible who speaks to you in your disappointment and speaks beyond your disappointment. He is the only one who can. He's the only one with an answer. He's the only one who can help. He understands where you are, where you've been, and what you need. Now clearly... These verses encourage us to put our hope in God. But we could find that message on any page of this book. Why is that? It is because God wants to be the hero of your story. He wants to be the hero of your personal story. Whoever you are, wherever you are in your life. He wants to be the hero of your family story. God can turn things around in your family. God wants to be the hero of the story in your church. God can turn things around in your church. God wants to be the hero of the story in our nation. He wants us to be a nation that turns to Him, allowing Him to be the one who turns things around. This is how we started our journey at the beginning of the year. Acknowledging Things of the past. God says, don't look at the past. That's not where I want you to look. Instead, I want you to know that I can do something new. I can do something in your personal circumstances. I can do something in your life. The past can be painful to think about for all of us. They're good memories that we all have. 
And there's some bad ones. The past can be shameful to think about. The past can, can hinder us from seeing what God wants to do in our future. But whether the past is good or bad, God doesn't want us to be bound by the past. God wants to show us what He can do and what His plans are for our future. Do you, do you think God has plans for you personally? Have you ever thought about that? God has plans for me. God has a plan for my future, wherever I am, wherever it is that I sit. I may be sitting on the stool of my own disappointment. Does God have plans from where you are into the future? You know, that's the great message of the Bible. I love Jeremiah 29, 11. For almost 20 years, I had it glued on my office door where I was in, in Hamilton, Alabama. I glued it on my office door because my life up to that point had been a story of seemed to be of one calamity right after another. And I just claimed that verse. I said, we're just going to stick this verse on everything. You'll notice it's built into our website if you've ever been to. I love this verse. It says simply this, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not calamity to give you a future and a hope. That's, I take that as God's personal word to me. But I not only take it as God's personal word to me, I take it as God's personal word for my family. But not only for my family, I also take it as God's personal word for our church. Because if God doesn't step into the story, if God doesn't become the hero of my story or the hero of your story, no one else can turn it around. The hero of your story has to be God. Unless he speaks these words over your life, they will not come true. But when God does, when God does speak to your disappointment and in your disappointment and beyond your disappointment, there's something else you need to see. And that's the first part of this chapter that we've not read. And that is God calls for, a con for confident preparation for a blessed future. Let me show you these verses. Let me read to you verses 1 through 3. Remember God speaking to a widow, discouraged, disappointed, barren, desolate, lonely, disgraced, empty, grieving. He says, Sing, O childless woman, who has never given birth, break into loud and joyful song, O Jerusalem, you who have never been in labor. For the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband, says the Lord. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home and spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities." Here is the woman sitting in the shadow of her disappointment and the hero of her story steps into her life. He says, look, I want to be your husband. I'm going to be the one who turns things around. I'm going to be the one who takes care of you. I'm going to change your circumstances into something hopeful. Only God can do that. No one else can. I love the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. You know that old Christmas movie that comes on every year and you think you never get tired of it? I never do. 
when George Bailey, with the help of an angel named Clarence, comes to himself and realizes what a blessing it is to, to be home and to be who he is and to have his family and to realize that God has been at work in and around his life, his whole attitude changes. And he cha his attitude changes from being a bitter man about the little town that he grew up in and the person he never became to realizing he's a blessed man for all that he has. Well, look, this is not a movie that you're watching. This is your life. And this is God. These verses, this is God speaking his promise over you and over your church. And God is saying, look, I have plans. My plans are based on my promises. My promises of, are a future activity. I want to be the hero in your story. I want to be the hero in your family and the hero in your church. Would you let him show you what he can do? He can take you. God says, I can take you from barren to bursting at the seams. I can take you from a cramped corner and spread you across the whole camp. I wonder if this is what God is saying to you. Is it what God is saying to our church? Is his word, is this his word to somebody who's standing in the shadows of disappointment? And he says, look, plan for it. Prepare for my activity. You may not know it, but in 1792, William Carey took this very passage of scripture and spoke to a group of Baptists. And he challenged them with these words. This was the title of his sermon. Attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God. I think I got that just a little bit backward. Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. The gist of Carey's sermon based on this passage of Scripture, based on the on the promise of God and his activity was simply this. Don't just sit there. Do something. Don't just sit in the ashes of your disappointment. Do something. Act on the promises of God. Step forward in faith on what God has told you that he will do. Invite God to be the hero of your story. Well, Carrie didn't just preach the sermon. Carey acted. Within a year of preaching his sermon, he and his family were on a ship to India. He spent 41 years in India. He never came home. Before William Carey died, he had been a part of successfully translating the Bible into all the major languages of India, and there were more than several. But not only did he translate the Bible into all the major languages of India, but parts of 209 other languages and dialects. He helped start the Serampore College in India, which is still in existence today. I understand you've had a speaker come from there to speak to your church. But far and away, his greatest accomplishment was the witness of his own faith in the promise of God who said he was about to do something new, and Carey believed on it, acted on it, and inspired others to follow. What is God about to do in and around your life? You say, I don't know. I'm, my life has just been 
overwhelmed by disappointment recently. I'm so discouraged. I feel so hopeless. But God is speaking to your disappointment. God is speaking in your disappointment. And God is speaking beyond your disappointment. Don't just sit there. Do something. Respond to God in your disappointment. Respond to His promise. This very day, God is calling you, stirring your heart, saying, get up. Get up out of your disappointment. Look at my word. Listen to me. I want to be the hero of your story from this point on. I mean, who else can? Where else would you turn? Why would you turn to anyone else? God has a future for you. You say, you don't know me. I'm at the end of my race. I'm at the end of my life. I don't have that much hope for the future. Well, then you don't have very much hope in God because God has more. God has an eternity for you in heaven, a plan for you, a place for you. That's what he promised. It doesn't stop here. It goes far beyond here to heaven and who knows where. But let God be the hero of your story. And you began that by trusting him today. If you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, Jesus has a plan for you, a future for you, to call you out of the shadows of disappointment. Let's pray.